Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups Fallowfield and Mason. As we've been working alongside the pandemic for nearly two years, I wanted to interview founders who've started their businesses in March 2020 and beyond, as anyone starting to think about founding a business will know no other world to operate in. As we know, this whole new world has thrown us curveballs, but not all of them are negative, so I'm hoping that hearing from recent founders with up-to-date work experience, so to speak, will really support more people in starting up. I'm very pleased to say today that we're joined for the first time ever, not by one, but five guests. Hannah, Ellie, Ria, Lucianne and Miller are founders and members of the hybrid e-commerce consultancy collective, A Few Great Women. With a wealth of previous career experiences working with renowned brands, including Harvey Nichols, Kurt Geiger and Stella McCartney, the team identified that startup e-commerce businesses could benefit from a unique combination of the flexibility of freelance consultants powered by the collective dynamism of an in-house team. Today, A Few Great Women offers a range of services for e-commerce businesses, including website development, digital strategy, branding and email marketing, to name but a few. Thank you, a few great women, for joining How to Start Up today. It is great to have all of you on the call. I know that we're going to run through loads of advice about how you've come together, but it'd be great if, Ellie, you could start with a brief introduction as to who you all are. Yeah, absolutely. Hi. So, yeah, we're a few great women, and there's five of us co-founding the company. And we essentially are a team of consultants with a broad range of experience within the sort of luxury and lifestyle sector. We bring together a wide range of skills within our experience and aim to offer this to businesses who are trading online or starting up. So, Ellie, what is your role within A Few Great Women? So, I work within the e-commerce trading side of things and oversee digital strategy. And how about you, Hannah? I work within email marketing and CRM. And Miller? Hi, I help with the social side, so the organic and the paid, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. And Ria. Hi, I work within the brand growth strategy side of things. So I work with brands in sort of building out their content, um, looking at their overall business structure and fitting it into our e-com world. And last but by no means least, Lucianne. Hello, I support with creative and graphic design. That is a huge amount of skills under one umbrella. When did A Few Great Women start? So we launched actually on International Women's Day in 2020. So ahead of the pandemic? Ahead of the pandemic, indeed. And it was a very interesting journey for us all. And actually the most perfect time to start something because we all were able to support each other in such a strange sort of transition of all of our roles and uh, our lives, in fact. So it kind of came at the perfect time, which was a strange thing. Gave you the idea for this company. And do you call yourself a company or a collective? Uh, We call ourselves a collective because we work, you know, we all are consultants in our own right. We all work on our independent businesses and we come together to sort of join forces, but we tailor our offering to suit the business that we are working with. So it might be that they need uh, some help with social and they might need a CRM strategy, but they might not need any sort of design or branding or content. So 
it really is a very flexible offering. I think it's just so important because we all support small businesses there isn't one size fits all and everyone is at a different stage and everyone needs something different. And I was going to ask actually, Lucianne, why did you think it would work? It's funny you asked that because I didn't really think about why it wouldn't work. <laughs> Reason being, a lot of my clients, I realised, were coming to me asking me, can you do this full Shopify site or can you help me with my social media strategy? which I just didn't feel comfortable to agree to. Like I believe that as consultants, we are there to serve our clients in the best way. And so by having a trusted team of people to reach out to that I've seen results from time and time again, made it like a clear winner, if, if you see what I mean. And um, we're all taught as our own startups to really focus on something that we do really well and not try to be all things to all people. So exactly. you obviously took the pressure off quite a lot as well. Yeah, totally. And having people to refer work to that I work closely with on a weekly basis meant that I could help my clients even better by knowing the full story. So we talk every week, we update each other on the clients that we're working on, especially if we're referred to each other clients. So it means that we get a fuller picture should that client come back to us or that we're working on group projects. So yeah, all of our networks have become connected and we're able to better serve people than we ever were before. Well, I love it because I know when somebody comes to me for all things that are not PR and comms, I can just speak to this group of people and it's a one hit wonder. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> a lot of us have worked together previously before A Few Great Women. So this is Hannah. I work with Lucianne in-house um, at brands like Kurt Geiger and Monica Vinader. I worked with Ellie years ago at Harvey Nichols. We were in Ellie have worked together a lot with Ray Feather. So we had these working relationships already and it was just about kind of pulling together the five of us and knowing that together we can answer most of the needs of most of our clients. And then what was the best piece of advice that has been given to you when you started this? I think getting a structure in place so that we could manage the day-to-day -day running as easily as possible. I think I, I mean, the girls know I love an app. Like they laugh at me every week when I recommend a new app I found that automates something. Um, oh my goodness, like LastPass <laughs> is my biggest godsend or yeah. the Google Calendar with time zones, anything to save time. And what yeah. are your recommendations? I run my entire business on Notion. So so it's an app that you can build bespoke databases on that talk to each other. I have a dashboard for my virtual assistant. I have a dashboard for my daily to-dos. I even have my shopping list on there for my weekly food shop. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so I live my life by Notion. But um, as a group, I mean, we've realized the value of things like monday.com. So every week we go through our um, tasks, our clients, where our sales pipeline's at. And it just means that everyone's got visibility on what's going on and when it's going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, having a structure has definitely made things a lot easier. At the beginning, that was one thing I spent a lot of time doing personally. And also we done a bit of trial and error on what works and what doesn't as a group of five. Um, it's a slightly different process. But more recently, I've personally realized, and as the team has grown through a few great women, I mean, we have a book of other consultants and freelancers that we reach out to, we've realized that outsourcing is hugely, hugely important um, to plug those gaps of things that we're not so good at or that we need a bit more support in or someone else is a much better specialist than we are, um, for instance. And it's also just so nice to be part of a wider team, really. I think for me, 
having always been in a team to then suddenly go solo, I didn't like that. So having other people that you can share things with and build up that community is a game changer. Yeah, totally. And how do you stay inspired, especially given that you started and you went straight into the pandemic? Well, I think from for all of us collectively, it was just the ability to connect with everyone. You know, I can't tell you how many conversations I think all of us collectively have had with people who we might have met or connected with in the past and we just reconnected during the pandemic and everyone was so open to network and you know be really active um, in communicating with people who they hadn't touched base with in so long and being able to meet with um, the girls and a few great women every week we made a pact in the very beginning that every week we would catch up with each other you know this was when we were like losing our clients in the very beginning and you know work was not coming in and you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And all of our clients were scared of what was going to happen. They were sending all of their staff on furlough, letting go of all their consultants. Um, And we just said, you know, every week, let's just catch up with each other. And we pushed each other along. And as work started to come back in, because all of our clients at the sort of at the same time decided, you know what, e-com is where this is at, we need to keep pushing and we can make this work. And it sort of fell into our hands. And and it falls into that structure again of having, right, we are committing to a weekly call as a collective, all working remotely and building that company remote first as well. You've set that foundation now for when you're scaling, which obviously you are very successfully scaling. I can't tell you, I've met so many new inspiring people in the past two years of doing this who've just kept us motivated and really pushed us as a collective as well. Um, Just to add to Ria's point, I think something that's really inspired me are the number of people who have been made redundant or furloughed that have decided enough's enough and they want to start their passion project and make that profitable and start a business. Yeah, There's a 5.6% increase in 2021 in new company registrations. And I read yesterday that Google Trends reported in December, there was more people Googling how to start a business than to how to find a job, which is so exciting because everyone's gone, I'm in. Yeah, there was... (laughs) 400,000 incorporated businesses in the UK during the pandemic, which is insane. Yeah. And I mean, it was for my example, it was right. I've lost my job. I'm going to make one up for myself, but give it a go. And there's other people going, no, the world has changed. My life is going to change with it. Um, But with that, you start a company, you then thrown in at the deep end, wearing many, many hats and a lot of confidence will wane and ebb and flow. But how have you all maintained or built your self-confidence? Maybe that's directed to Miller. Yeah, hi. Um, I think we are really lucky. And as Ria said, we are a team. So we have each other to keep each other going. So if someone's having a low day, there's always someone to pick that person up and keep them going but I think uh, you know confidence and resilience they're so important aren't they when you're establishing and, and trying to run a business yourself I think you have to accept that there are always going to be peaks and troughs there are going to be highs and lows no matter what and you just have to view I think each experience is a learning experience so if you get a knockback or you don't win a pitch or someone knocks your confidence learn from it always get feedback from clients I think that's so important whether you win the pitch whether you don't When you've completed a project, that feedback is vital. And keeping that positive feedback, I always keep kind of a digital folder of all of my positive testimonials from people and nice words just to look back on and think, do you know, actually, I do know what I'm doing. I have been involved in some amazing success stories and use that positivity to keep you going and to build your self-confidence. And 
and to make sure that you don't take the knocks too personally. And it really is your responsibility to buoy yourself up. I mean, you have so many responsibilities, but that is, I think, the number one is to keep your own morale up. And when you've got all of your collective, obviously it's really supportive as well. But absolutely yeah, amazing. But I also I think that as a result of the five of us coming together, we all are so unique in our sort of skills and where we sort of have our strength areas. And that's really helped us to sort of learn from each other as well. That's where the strength of this kind of collective comes really into its own. Um, and then what do you think you've learned about pricing yourself and your service and your product? And maybe Hannah, you can answer that. Yeah, this has been a really interesting um, learning curve for us, I think, both in our own businesses and, and coming together in the collective. As Ellie alluded to, a lot of our service, we really are passionate about flexibility. We're passionate about um, flexibility for working women and working mothers and working parents, actually, to that matter. Um, and I think we've started off thinking, oh, we actually, you know, we want to be as flexible as possible to clients in in every aspect. But we've definitely been through the experience where um, when a client was trying to negotiate on price, we were kind of going back and forth quite a lot, trying to pull back the scope, trying to say, OK, well, maybe we could knock off some support days here and maybe we could just do, you know, two automated flows instead of six but actually that didn't work because it meant we weren't going to be happy with what we were delivering at the end of the project. We have our number of years experience. We know what we're doing. We, You can, if you were looking to get a Shopify site built, you could get a whole range of prices and services. And I think we've learned that we need to be absolutely confident that what we are offering is at the price that it's at. And that isn't going to be right for everybody. And that's fine. And they can go and work with somebody else and, and get you know, the results that they'll get with somebody else. So we're not kind of there to haggle with anyone. We, we will set our fair price from the beginning and then somebody can either work with it or they can't, essentially. Yeah, I think it's so, and we've had chats about this, being resolute in your pricing and your value, because if it if you don't mm. stick to it, you're then on the back foot for the entire relationship with that client. And would you have any advice around structuring your day and drawing boundaries? We do still have pretty structured days, actually. I, I think I'm probably more on the strict side than even I need to be. And I probably need to tear away some of those 17 years from working in-house in that I am at my desk from nine to five. But the positive side of that is I don't really work after those hours. So once I'm done and I'm off to pick up my children from childcare, I might pop in and look at emails in the evening, but I'm not responding to them. Um, I don't want clients to feel that I'm available in the evening. Um, so I think, if anything, I'm probably personally more structured than maybe even I need to be. And if I go for a walk in the middle of the morning, which I can do, I feel a bit naughty and guilty that I should, I should be at my yeah, desk. but it's really hard. Someone said to me, if you're self-employed, you need to take the perks. And that is going for a walk or going to a gym or doing things backwards. And I really struggle because I've had 20 years of being institutionalized that if you're not at your desk you're not working and that's ridiculous because you could be yeah, going for a walk totally. and problem solving the idea or phoning someone actually that's a really good piece of advice that was given to me is like if you've got lots of calls just do them on a walk because then you can at least kill two birds with on stone but I'm really guilty yeah. of trying to do four things at once so if I can exercise and do a meeting then great but I don't <laughs> know if, how healthy that is Hannah, you're my inspiration when it comes to annual leave. How have you now mastered this? She's everyone's inspiration for annual leave. Um, <laughs> Isn't just... inspired by that with her? <laughs> so 
So I, again, because of the pandemic and because of the demand, and I think because of being in my first two years of being self-employed, it was very much of, I'm going to take on every piece of work I can. And I worked incredibly hard, um, you know, for those, the two years that we've just been through. So, and I hadn't really taken any time off, I don't think. And I was working evenings and, and weekends. So yeah, I decided to take the entire month of August off last year, which was an absolute joy but I'm gonna up it to six weeks this summer because again I do I when I'm working I'm quite full-on and I do think why not take advantage and have those long extended breaks where you really get to switch off and I think what I notice is that you put it out into the universe slash Instagram earlier and said this is what's happening and it's almost like you put it there on paper to say this is going to happen and it was almost more maybe for you than it was clients or followers totally it meant it had to happen you had to stand by it I wanted to commit to it in advance and I kept kind of saying it to my husband kind of waiting for him to turn around and go we can't do that but of course he didn't he was like go for it so um yeah it was brilliant and I keep that one up and I recommend it so what areas have you had to learn about the most and that's to Ellie we are all juggling still so we've got our own businesses and we have our few great women business also and I think it's about understanding our limits as Hannah said you know it's okay to put someone on a waiting list or push someone back or say no if the fit isn't quite right. I think in order to gain a healthy balance in everything that we're doing and give the best service to everyone that we're working with and for and for ourselves as well. And are there any perspectives on being self-employed versus salaried? Hannah? I think actually I'm really glad you asked this question because I think it's important that women particularly talk about money and finances more. I mean, I know I and, and the rest, some of the rest of the team had definitely reached a cap in terms of where they could go in-house. You know, a lot of retail businesses don't pay particularly well. I would say actually women in general, we know there's still um, inequality in terms of pay. But also once you've got engaged or married or have kids, you feel like definitely there's a cap to where you can go. I was ready to leave my last in-house role and was interviewing at amazing brands I would love to work for in kind of head of roles. And none of them were happy to offer any type of flexibility in terms of days of the week or working from home versus working from the office, which sounds funny now that we've all worked from home for two years. So I think there's the understanding that when you're self-employed, you obviously have to tie in other things into your rates that you're charging, right? Like to cover your holidays um, and insurance and, and taxes and things like that. But actually, we are all earning significantly more than we did in-house. And I think that's because we're all working incredibly hard. There is the demand there. So we've been able to much surpass what we could have done if we were staying in-house, which is a shame because I think, you know, retailers and companies should be rewarding people for their hard work. And we've got the skills there. But unfortunately, the opportunities were just really limited. So you've actually created your pay rise and your promotion yourself by creating your own roles. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And getting so much more reward in all the other senses as well of we feel like we're bringing so much more value. We're getting to have flexibility. We're getting to choose who we work with and what we do. So the the benefits have been absolutely huge. What do you know now that you would have benefited from knowing when you started? I love this question. Well, I think be confident in what you know and what you're doing 
because that is why we're here. I say that, but at the same time, I think we have all over this time and still today struggle with understanding that, making sure that you're always confident in the fact that what you're doing is valuable to someone and it is of value and what you're you know when you're working with your clients and the information you're giving them and the strategies you're giving them you know there's so much to be said for it and but also I think another part of it in relation to the pandemic was we you know we can't always do it all all the time I think for me personally being in the pandemic and saying yes to so many jobs and kind of just keep on going and I was there was so much momentum and there was so much enthusiasm and doing all of that and then coming out of the pandemic and figuring out well as in out of quarantine and lockdowns um, and sort of opening up back up into the world and opening up social lives and getting back your old lifestyle it just kind of was a um, struggle to rejuggle everything and just find a balance between the new world that we'd created in our homes and then our old life that's coming back into play well a social life takes time sitting down and chatting with friends eats into the day and when you've got nothing else to do but work at home <laughs> it's really important to take those breaks and have a bit of self-care every now and again and I think and one question I had, given that you are a collective and you uh, you each have your own businesses, how do you manage having so many people at an equal level in the company? Like, does somebody have the final say? And how do you avoid there being too many cooks? It's quite an interesting one because a lot of people that we've spoken to have not experienced a setup like this before. So our, our legal advice, our accountant, it was all to, we all had to research a bit to figure out how we were going to best do it. But now that we're there, we actually had a shareholders agreement written up. We basically work on majority rule. Um, so there's five of us. If three vote one way and two vote the other, we've agreed that the majority will win. In a way, it's managed just by knowing who's good at what. What do you enjoy the most and the least about being self-employed? Millis. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I enjoy the flexibility. I love that I'm able to take my children to school and pick them up. And actually, I'm quite good at putting a few self-care appointments in the diary in the middle of the day (laughs) and not worrying about it too much. Obviously, holidays are sometimes quite tricky to take. And I miss sitting in an office with a team, I have to say. Obviously, the Free Great Women team is amazing, but there's nothing like office banter every day. I realized this when I joined Soho Works because someone offered to make me a cup of tea and then the next time they knew exactly how I took the tea and I thought the amount of conversations I used to have with my team in when I was in-house in the kitchen and really productive chats in the kitchen over a cup of tea and that you cannot do over Zoom or WhatsApp so that I'm with you on that and are there any last golden nugget pieces of advice that you'd like to offer new founders when thinking about starting a collective? I think it's important to just go for it. You don't have to have all of your ducks in a row in order to start a new business. I think it's such a learning curve along the way anyway. And you learn so much from other people and conversations that you have. So, you know, I was convinced when I started Pink Storm that I had to have my website ready to go. And and that was, you know, rubbish. I didn't need a website at all. I just needed to start talking to people. So start having the conversations and just have the confidence to just get going. And we're going to do quick fire around everyone on this one. What's your last piece of golden advice you'd like to offer a new founder? Lucianne? 
like I came from corporate as well and mine is to keep going with your annual or like biannual appraisal so I do that on myself I have a staff meeting where I sit on my own in a room (laughs) and I go through what I'm good at and what I'm bad at and set my goals for the year and that helps me keep progressing amazing Hannah I'm going to steal a post-it note that I saw on a co-member's desk (laughs) this week which is you know your shit (laughs) Um, you know your shit. You 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 don't know what you know until you're in the situation, but you actually know so much. Um, so just have some faith in yourself. Fantastic. I'm going to go off the back of that one and go with know your strengths as a founder and be true to yourself about them and outsource your weaknesses. And Ellie, I would say go with your instinct, and that comes with working relationships, with onboarding new clients. You get a feeling from the very beginning, and it's often your initial instinct is right. I would just add to that is talk to people because when I've met Ria and then Hannah and then all of you, just being part of the kind of wider conversation, it's been such a support and so exciting to see everybody do so many different things. So just obviously I'm a big fan of communication, but just talking to people and you never regret those conversations. And I definitely do not regret this one. So thank you all for your advice. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And really slick <laughs> given there's five of you on the call. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. If you'd like to contact a few great women, you'll find all of their contact details in the show notes, along with a recap of the advice they have so kindly shared. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it.